Is it a Christmas snack cake, Mike? No. What kind of Christmas snack cake? Is it a chocolate tree snack cake? Nope. Just, okay, what kind is it? It's kind of me. Okay, that's fair. No, it's the uh, cherry cordial. Oh, okay. I wasn't a big fan of those. I prefer <laughs> the cordial cherries than... Yeah, the, the cordial cherries themselves. I don't like, you know, actual cherries, so... Yeah, I know. What about the moonshine cherries? Did you try those? I didn't eat the actual cherry. I tried the juice. Oh, okay. Super hot. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get a chance to try them for various reasons. But uh, that being said, hello and welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin Heyman. With me this week is Munchin Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how are you doing, bud? You didn't do a countdown, so I wasn't prepared. <laughs> That's the trick. He, I'm, I'm going to sue, sue you for a recording without my consent. You consented. But uh, as you can tell, we are without David this week. Uh, he is going through some health stuff, kind of like me and Mike were. And various and sundry, and uh, he'll be back as soon as he can. We miss you, David. I know you're listening right now. And uh, so this is a week in weird. And before we get started with the actual news articles that we had picked out, as usual, Mike, uh, I found out something really interesting a minute ago while uh, looking for <coughs> any other interesting news articles. Hmm. Uh, you're familiar with the Betty and Barney Hill case, right? I mean, yeah. Through me, at least. The the grandfather of uh, alien abduction cases. Well, I say grandfather because it turns out Barney Hill's granddaughter, Angela Hill, is a UFC fighter. Mm. She's a straw weight. So uh, if you get abducted, your grandchildren will be able to beat the living tar out of another human. Nice. So I'm guessing it's like a UFO, like a like a alien high uh, breeding program to make super soldiers. UFC UFOs. Yes, it's only one letter off. So I'm not sure if anyone out there can hear. It's currently raining on the tin roof shack that we occupy to make this show. So that's what you're hearing. Yes. But. Again, it's a weekend weird. So we've got the weirdest news we could find this week. Mike, do you want to go first or should I? Either one. I'll go first. Uh, this is from the DailyMail.com. Uh, article is by Jam Press and Rachel Summer Small for the Daily Mail. And this came out November 8th, 2023. Uh, article's titled, Mother of Two claims that she and her children regularly communicate with aliens and says her kids know when extraterrestrials plan to show up on Earth. <laughs> uh, the, the subtitle... Uh, or the bullet points underneath that. Paulina Martinez, 36, has received has revealed that her two children converse with aliens. She said she's been in contact with an alien race, the Pleiadians, for six years. Mike, remember the Ple- Pleiadians from last episode? The Pilatians, yes. The Pilatians, <laughs> yes. Uh, her son, she claimed, is regularly in touch with an alien he calls his, quote, purple friend. Um, no, <clears throat> lady, that's his penis. No, that's that's Barney. But uh, a mom claims that her two children regularly communicate with aliens following in her footsteps after she began contacting extraterrestrials at the age of 17. Uh, 
Paulina Martinez, 36, is an artist, holistic therapist, oh boy, and content creator, oh fuck. Who lives, and influencer. Yeah, who lives with her two children, aged eight and nine. She also boasts 94,000 followers on TikTok, where she posts clips related to extraterrestrials, tarot cards, and more. And more. Quote, My interest first started when I was about 13 years old, and my mom's husband used to talk about the topic, Pauline, from Mexico, told Jam Press. I'm going to stop with the uh, the voice, actually. Okay. I, I don't <coughs> feel good about it. While I was 17, I met a couple who were... Hel- Mm, when you're 17 and you meet a couple, this is sounding like something from Super Troopers right here. When I was 17, I met a couple who were holistic therapists, and they talked about these beings, the race, and how they are helping us. For the last six years, I've been in contact with a Pleiadian type of alien being who teaches me about the Matrix, although he refers to it as... The program, and I'm sure that's for legally distinct reasons. Oh, yes. In one viral video, Martin... Is it really viral? Can you just say that now and it is? Well, I put this viral video up that only three people have seen, but it's about viruses. Okay, yeah, see, that's different. So, in one viral video, Martina said that her children regularly communicate with non-human beings, sparking online debate about the topic. I'm trying to let that sink into for my own self. (laughs) It started with my son when he was four years old, she said. He would talk about a being called my purple friend. Lady, that's Barney. Your kid is literally talking about Barney the purple dinosaur. He said the alien was a girl and that she would take him flying off the planet. They're still in touch. She showed him her planet and surprisingly enough... We have met other people who have seen the exact same planet in their dreams and visions. Sure. They say it's in the star cluster Pleiades. It's important to mention that I never talk to my children about extraterrestrials. I'm calling bullshit right there. Or anything like that. Precisely because I didn't want to put that sort of information in their mind until they were older. I want to ruin their high school lives, not their (laughs) elementary school lives. It wasn't until they started having contact that I started touching on the subject. I'm glad that's how that sentence ended. (laughs) When asked about the kind of messages they received from their alien contacts, Paulina said they're mostly about the, quote, big waves of energy that our planet is currently receiving. (laughs) Really? Anyway... My son calls it a gateway through which energy is arriving, she added. This, you, the, she had the brown acid. Yeah. He says <laughs> negative, negative energy has had a lot of power on the planet throughout the years, and this new energy is sucking it up, transforming it into positive energy and sending it back. <laughs> he says negative energy will always have a place here because we actually couldn't exist without it. But nonetheless, it'll be transformed so it's not as bad as it has been. Then our consciousness can rise. These new energies will also prepare us to have open contact with extraterrestrial beings. My son says they'll start showing up physically between 2025 and 2028, and these energies will help keep us calm. 
Among those races, he mentions reptilians, motherfucker, Andromedans, and Pleiadian beings. Both my kids say we have always been connected with them, but the transformation of these energies has raised the frequency, and that is allowing open contact. My daughter has talked to me about parallel realities. How past, present, and future are all happening at the same time. And how we can share a soul with different beings on Earth and other planets. My kids aren't scared when they make contact. When they talk about it, they actually feel more peaceful than ever. And that's the article. This lady's full of shit. Man, here's the thing. I think about the daughter and the past, present, and future all happening at once in the salt. This kid without having a stroke, is having the exact same experience Philip K. Dick did. (laughs) And I'm proud that the kid didn't have to fucking stroke out for it. Like, he had to have a stroke and a brain hemorrhage to to figure that out. But uh, I, I call into question whether she waited to talk to her kids about this or, you know, if she's making TikTok videos... Yeah, they can hear you in the other room, lady. This woman's totally 100% like, you know, coaching these kids. Oh, she's grooming them, yeah. She's grooming them for the Grooming has such a connotation Yeah, but for the aliens. I I mean, she's just coaching them. Coaching them on how to be influencers. No, just on on to say this shit so you get the views, to get the clicks. Sure. It God, it is... Of course, again, it's a Daily Mail, so of course it's this kind of trash in there, but God, this is sad. Yeah. And like, I know if we were Mysterious Universe, we'd be talking about, well, isn't it strange how they, all these people could see the reptilians and the Pleiadians and the Android? No, no, there are books out there that you can read. And I don't know, it's just, I don't, there's a lot of things I'm willing to buy into, mm-hmm. but not the um, the channeler movement. Yeah, with the whole talk about frequencies and stuff. That's bullcrap. What What do you say, Mike? Besides the she's, you know, training them. I mean, even even if you know she had she claims you know as she claims had didn't tell the kids anything. How old is the boy? Um. That's a good question. Hang on. It was, uh, I want to say the boys nine and the girls eight. I may have that backwards, but they're both within a year of each other. Even that, you know, whatever, whatever age they are. Yeah. You know, kids make shit up all the time. I did. I mean, kids have imaginary friends all the time. Oh yeah. I mean, mine were like Voltron characters, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't take, a lot of stuff like that a kid says at face value. I'm not saying, yeah, we're not saying like, don't believe the kid, well, but yeah, I mean, like, well, it's, you know, it's, with it's, this. What's what's the term? It's uh, believe but verify. Yes. I mean, yeah, if a kid, you know, says, has, you know, says something about abuse or anything, you know, but you don't just take everything a kid says at face value because oh, they, yeah. kids I mean, are, kids are very loosely acquainted with the truth. This is how the McMartin preschool <laughs> thing started is, is, just accepting that these kids wouldn't lie about being flushed down a toilet into a secret Satan dungeon. There's, there's as, well, as a former kid, Mike, well, yeah, I mean, we lied. It's just like, you know, there's, there's this whole kind of like 
even I can't even there was like a saying, wasn't it? Out of the mouth of babes. Oh, that that was about truth. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like you know, why why do people fucking want to believe kids are you know? I guess they just want to be, believe that they're you know pure and true and you know will say nothing wrong and kids are some <clears> of the <throat> meanest people you're yeah, ever gonna meet. Like, there's a reason we grew up fucked. Now it's not just our parents. Yeah, no, I mean kids. Kids are. You have you have to teach a kid. To, Believe, but verify. That's a great way to put it. You have to, I like that. You have to teach a kid to you know don't make shit up all the time. Yeah, it, don't. <clears throat> you know, there's lying, but don't lie about the important things. Yeah, don't lie about you know seeing aliens. Yeah, and then, like I said, that's if if everything she said was true that she didn't. You know, tell the kids what to say, and these kids, you know... She still, she still like, does TikTok videos and does tarot readings and shit. They are surrounded with this shit anyway. Oh, yeah. She didn't no. have to say anything. Yeah. You know? No and you know, you know what's bad, Mike? I feel like the slant of this podcast has changed over the past three years to straight-up skepticism, and I'm kind of sad about that, because I used to believe this stuff, some of it. You wouldn't have believed this, even. No, no, this is bullshit. Yeah. But, you know. So, anyway, that's my first one, and it's just kind of like, it does bring up the whole... I don't know, it's just so... I want to believe kids, but, like, also, we were liars. There were a lot of no. liars. No. Yeah, no. Some of the biggest liars I ever knew, you know, were kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, everybody, uh, my uncle owns Nintendo. He's yeah. John Nintendo. Yes. Yeah, that kind of shit. I, yeah, every kid, you know, every school had a kid that said their uncle worked at Nintendo. Yeah, or Bob Microsoft, <clears throat> whatever. Yeah. I, yeah, we got to update our references, I guess, but, you know. Uh, Jim... Jim, uh, Sagaman, mm, Among Us men. My 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 uncle my, was Ralph Atari. My my uncle my my grandpa made Among Us and Fortnite. Uh huh. But they stole the idea, and that's why he lives in a trailer and drinks straight Everclear. Uh, well, that's mine. Mike, what have you got for your first one? So from this comes from uh, earlier in November, or beginning of November. All right. Scientists think they found blobs from planet that collided with Earth to form the moon. Ooh, is this? Oh, what was that? Theo? Was that the name of the planet? Um, we'll find out if they okay. talk about it here. Because I love this subject. <clears throat> so slabs of material from an ancient extraterrestrial planet are hidden deep within the Earth argues new scientific theory yeah scientists widely agree that an ancient planet likely smashed into earth as it was forming billions and billions and billions billions and billions of years ago spewing debris that coalesced into the moon that decorates our night sky today but then whatever happened to that planet no leftover fragments from a hypothetical planet thea yeah you're right thea ever been found in our solar system but the new theory suggests the remaining the remains of the ancient planet remain partially intact, buried beneath our feet. Sure. If the theory is correct, it would not only provide additional details to fill out the giant impact hypothesis, but also answer lingering questions about... Excuse me, let me start that over. 
also answer a lingering question for geophysicists. Okay. They were already aware that they were two massive distinct blobs that are embedded deep within the Earth. These masses, called large low-velocity provinces, or LLVPs, it's a hell of a name. were first detected in the 1980s. One lies beneath Africa and another below the Pacific Ocean. The Pacific Ocean, not the Pacific Ocean, but no, it's the Pacific Ocean. I got you. Yeah. <clears throat> the study's lead author, Dr. Kwan Yan, a geophysicist and postdoctoral fellow at the California Institute of Technology, first proposed the idea for a paper th- uh, three times in 2021 and was rejected each time. What the fuck? <sighs> But then he came across scientists who did just the type of research Juan needed. Their work, which assigned a certain size to Thea and speed of impact in the modeling, suggests that the ancient plant's collision likely did not entirely melt the Earth's mantle, allowing the remains of Thea to cool and form solid structures instead of blending together in the Earth's inner stew. Okay. If Thea were a certain size and consistency, and struck the Earth at a specific speed, the mo- the model showed it could, in fact, leave behind massive hunks of its guts within the Earth's mantle and also spawn the debris that mo- would go on to create our moon. Okay, this is just a badass theory. Like, do you remember they had a special about, uh, like, a, a documentary about this on, like, one of the learning-type channels back when they were learning? Yeah. Maybe history. And it was narrated by Patrick Stewart, and they talked about the Thea... Uh, theory. Yeah, and I'm like, well, obviously this this makes more sense than any theory they've come up with about the moon, and the idea that there are still solid chunks of it inside the Earth is amazing. I love this idea. And guess what's inside those chunks? Aliens. Oh, uh, I thought you were gonna say nougat. Nougat or that too. See, I, either way, neat. Let's go get the nougat <clears throat> or the aliens or the nougat aliens. Either way, this is cool, dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, just proof of something that massive. And yeah. it just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's cool. It blows my mind. I, I, wanna, I, want, I want them to pull up a chunk of an alien planet that's inside the Earth. This is so Doctor Who as well. Yeah. Like one of those, and this is how the Earth formed. Ooh, what if it's a celestial like a big head and arm comes out, and then we get adamantium. Sure, why not? <laughs> or just be rocks that are slightly different than Earth rocks. Okay, that's fair. The, I mean, the best outcome would be if it's something really interesting and useful, like uh, I don't know, bullshitium. Yeah, just some just some metals or something that isn't quite that you know common on Earth. I mean, you know. Platinum, like just large lo- lobes of platinum. Although I, it sounds like you know, they didn't say what the density of Thea would have to be. I'm assuming it would be lower density than Earth, maybe. I don't I know. Don't know. <clears throat> That's a good question. I never really, uh, like they showed the computer models they made testing the hypothesis. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was like a glancing blow, you know? Yeah. It wasn't like a head-on collision that would have destroyed both but like it hit in just the right way so i don't know what the density for it would have to be and it does make you wonder what would earth be like uh 
you know, if that had not happened. Yeah, I mean. Well, we wouldn't be having this conversation for one thing. Yeah, that, that's definitely quite the butterfly effect of, you know. And who knows? I mean, like the moon and the tides. Oh, yeah, seasons. The, 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 well, the, the, the tides, who knows how uh, influential the tides were to, you know, early. Oh, yeah, when uh, the moon was still <clears throat> close, they were enormous. Well, I, mean, that, like, well, I mean, that would have affected, like, a lot. Well, I'm just saying, you know, with uh, life first forming in the oceans, like the agitation of the tides, tides from oh, the moon. Oh, so you mean like stirring the yeah. stew. Yeah, without the moon, it would just been like still lakes. Oh, this is like all good things, the last episode of Next Generation with that big anomaly. Like Earth, life never happened on Earth because of the anomaly. No, life didn't happen because there was no moon. Yeah. Because, you know, they one of the theories is that just all these, you know, organic type chemicals in a, uh, in, you know, a body of water being sloshed around, you know, help me. It's like, you know, it's like shaking a dice cup. Yeah. You're, you're shaking all these molecules together. They're rubbing against each other and eventually they're going to start forming, you know, new compounds that are, you know, more beneficial to life. Sure. No, that's, I mean, <clears throat> it's a really fascinating thought experiment and i guess my problem uh trying to get people excited about this is when like one of my old managers said okay yeah but what does that do for me and i'm like i don't know you i guess nothing because your soul's fucking dead um it's just fascinating and interesting to think about it's like i don't care where the universe came from well fuck you it doesn't care where you came from so yeah, it's but that's like a truly fascinating story to me. Um yeah, I liked it. Yeah, no, I hope we uh we find out more about that. I know it's all theoretical right now and I don't know how or if we can ever prove that, but I hope that at some point in the future like we do a deep bore drilling thing down to that and we find like peanuts or something. I don't know. Yeah. Just something neat that's weird. Well, that's a great one. So uh, let me let me ruin your day with my next one, Mike. Oh boy! Again, from the DailyMail.com. Oh boy! I'm oh sorry. Boy. They had all the weird news I could find this week. Now this one's from November 17th, and it's by Jordan McCarthy for the NCA Newswire. And uh, th- this this is a uh... Mike. You know how we talk about how dangerous all the animals in Australia are. You mean all the death critters? Yeah. So this is a great little article. Nearly 50 new fast-moving nocturnal spider species are discovered in Australia. Hans! Hans! Get the flaming warfen! (laughs) Yeah, get the flather warfen. I can't do that. Anyway, uh, 48 new species of ground-hunting spiders that can be found right across Australia have been discovered. The spiders are part of the Maturagridae family and love a number of differing arid habitats from deserts and eucalypt forests to coastal heaths. The study by Queensland Museum, which spanned decades was led by arachnologist, which fuck you for being able to do that, Robert Raven, (laughs) 
Arachnologist Robert Raven, who said the discovery of new species wasn't surprising, but the number they discovered was a shock. Quote, the newly described species have a body length of up to 10 millimeters and are nocturnal and fast-moving spiders, he said. I'm going to add probably while screaming at the thought. <laughs> Quote, I was surprised by how many species were described in this paper. I knew there were a lot, but the number was far, far higher than I predicted. Former Totally Wild host ranger Stacy Thompson was one of the lucky ones to have a species named after them. <laughs> The Mitergopelma ranger stachea. Okay. Miss Thompson worked with Dr. Raven in the past on Totally Wild and said it was an honor to have a species named after her. Quote, I spent many hours filming spider stories over the years with Robert and the team at Queensland Museum, and it was always amazing, Ranger Stacy said. I learned so much about arachnids, their biology, and unique behaviors, and I hope that these stories help show children around Australia what incredible creatures spiders are. Also, I hope it teaches them to fucking run. German research scientist and arachnologist, that is a fucked up term, Barbara Baer, uh, that spider species I named her, earlier, and photographer and spider enthusiast Caitlin Henderson were others who had species named in their honor. Queensland Museum Network CEO Jim Thompson praised the painstaking work done by Dr. Raven and his team. Our taxonomists are like detectives in the way they do, in the work they do to formally describe new species to science, he said. Quite often, species are obtained and become part of the collection, but they may not be formally known to science. That's where the work of our researchers, scientists, and honoraries come in. Sometimes, this process can be quick, but other times it can take decades, and I commend the remarkable work of Dr. Raven and his colleagues on the project. So if you didn't think Australia was dangerous enough... There's more fucking spiders. Just what Australia needed. I, you know how there's more beetle species than any other species in the, on, on the planet Earth? Yeah. Australia's like that, but spiders. Yes. There's more spiders in, types of spiders in Australia than there are people. Sure. I mean, like, I don't know. It's, it's not something I thought that was going to happen. I didn't think you could find more spiders in Australia and then... <clears throat> Here you are. Hey, Australia, new spiders dropped. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. And somebody's like, see, new species appear when others disappear. And it's like, oh, motherfucker, don't you dare try to make this uh, anti-climate change thing. Um, these new species didn't like just, you know, come up out of the ether. They've kind of been there. We just didn't see them before, you know? Yeah. Oh, this is great. The very first response, though, hmm. to that was, how long does it typically take to feel comfortable making love again after experiencing severe trauma? <clears throat> wow. Thank you, Delbo. That was funny. Well, you know, in the new species thing, I did hear a thing that apparently, so, you know, there's like the... uh was seventeen year cicadas? Yeah, really long ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they. Apparently, yeah, I've experienced a few of those. Apparently, a uh, a offshoot of them have started, you know, 
coming around one year earlier. So it's thought that, you know, they're going to start, you know, just groups of them will start coming out after just 16 years, right? Uh-huh. And so after a long enough time, that'll just become a new cicada species because they'll stop interbreeding with the 17-year That's ones. right. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't hate it. I mean, you know, it's just really annoying when they come out. I've been through two of those damn things now. Yeah. Wow. I'm old enough to have been through two 17-year cicada cycles. I don't say, I don't can't say I have. I mean, I've been oh. through it, obviously. I just don't remember it. You, here's the thing. I remember <clears throat> it because the first one I went through, my mom was going through cancer treatment. Mm. And she would just lay there that summer on the couch going, make them stop. I just never remember them being that bad. Oh, it was loud. The two I experienced, one of them I was working at Rose's. And we'd be unloading trucks just going, shut up. So, yeah, I remember those. Hmm. Uh, the first one, though, I just remember my mom laying there just sobbing, begging for them to stop. And it just reminds me now of Deanna Troy in the Kevin Uxbridge <laughs> episode of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> you know, with the, the ice cream music playing. Yeah. Yeah, so... No, it's interesting. I wonder if the spot well, the spiders obviously probably had something similar happen. They all come from a common ancestor, but yeah, yeah, no, more spiders in Australia. Who knew? I mean, it's like finding more racists in Mississippi. No, whole <laughs> new breed. No, um, so yeah, thought I'd ruin your night a little bit with that. I mean, does that bother you, Mike? The idea of finding more, or is that just science? I mean, no, and they they were there already. It's not like these, like I said, it's not like these spiders came out of nowhere. They're just, it's just, you know. They've now just know, been categorized. Yes, we just now know they yeah. exist. It's not like there's more spiders. They're just different types of the same number of spiders. Yeah, we just, yeah. We just know they're there now. Yeah. Instead of just being an unknown quantity of spiders. Yeah. And hey, at least it wasn't <clears throat> like an, a poisonous koala or something. Yeah. Or, or like, you know, like a new species of meth kangaroo. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, that'd be a terrible experiment is methed up kangaroos. In the early internet, I remember when uh, the camel spider was oh, yeah, uh, <clears throat> that was going concern. Oh, yeah, because, you know, the, <clears throat> the the second Gulf War was going on. And, and, and I was... Kind of sad to find out that those were like way overblown, like oh, the yeah. face eating camel spiders. Oh, yeah, yeah. Turns out they they don't chase people; they're just chasing your shadow because they want to get in the yeah. shade. Yep. And yes, they have like tried to eat sleeping people, but you're asleep. It's not like they can like run up, run down, run you down, run up your face, and like just eat your face off. I think the only one person that actually had like some nibbles taken out of them were like passed out drunk, so they just couldn't tell that the spider was you know sure. chewing on them. And it's not, and I think it only took like a small bite. It's not like it. Yeah, it's not like know, I ate their whole, whole fucking face. Yeah, it's not like my uncle <clears throat> in the ant bed. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> God, didn't want to think of that. Well, uh, that's gross. So, Mike. Yes. Have you got another story for me? I don't have a story per se, but I have a web page. Oh, 
This thing. What is this? This thing. It's something I found a while back. It's been in kind of the, the, uh, the fuck it bucket. The just, fuck it bucket. Just the you know the the bin of stories when I don't have any other good things. Sure. So this is a very like I'm I'm gonna have to post a link again so you can link it because the web it's not a top level domain. It's a sub sub page of a web page <laughs> greenharbor.com slash f folder slash ff research <clears throat> oh it is ff folder yeah so free fall folder so it's the free fall research page a, a the, so the t- subtitle of it is a few people have survived a fall of thousands of feet without a working parachute this research page is dedicated to recording their stories. Okay. How to use this site. Well done. Just, okay. We don't need that part. In general, the stories fall into three categories, into one of these categories, free fallers, wreckage riders, unlucky skydivers, and other amazing stories. Un- I love the concept of wreckage riders. Cause that's <clears throat> the strapped into a chair that just came off a plane yeah. kind of story. Unsolved mysteries and the most recent incidents are cataloged on the incident log. We answer your questions. You can also find a quick overview of the free fall research page on our site map. Looking for something specific? Use our search tool. Blah, blah, blah. So okay. <clears throat> they have several lots of stories here. You know, I'm, I'm obviously not going to read all of them or many of them but it's it's kind of more like a geocities blog style cuz it's all seems to be one page you know broken up by you know most recent at right. the top yeah um not t- not as bad as time cube but yeah so uh let's look so the first one's a update so i'm not going to read that but wreckage riders in a car december 2022 A recent incident tests the standing definition of this website's wreckage rider category. A young couple survived a 300-foot fall when their Hyundai Elantra plunged over a cliff into Monkey Canyon in Angeles National Forest in Southern California. Holy shit, we've got their, uh, we've we've got some wine from them. Yeah. Or no, that's Valley of the Monkeys, my bad. Monkey Canyon, huh? But yeah. So that's not too interesting because, you know, it's, it's just a car. I mean, a car runs off the road and falls yeah. 300 feet. You know, that's whatever. I want to find some of these, like, real free fall stories. Sure. <clears throat> Let's see here. April 2022. Jordan Hatmaker survived an extremely long fall in November 2021 in Virginia after her main and reserve parachutes malfunction in something called a down plane in which both parachutes deploy, but neither operates properly, mm-hmm. leaving the skydiver spinning and not slowing her down very much. Hatmaker survived her fall with back and leg injuries that left her hospitalized for 25 days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so survived, you know, mostly non-functioning parachutes. Interesting. See, so obviously I didn't ahead of time pick any stories from here because I was just kind of it was it was in the fuck it bucket. 
Yeah, no, that's great. You should pull one of those out every few episodes. <clears throat> like, particularly interesting ones, you know? That means I'd have to read the whole page. No, it doesn't. You just skim. But yeah, so, I mean, I don't know what the point of the research group is. They're just someone that's really interested in... Uh, oh, here we go. Here's a nice infographic. No parachute, the highest falls people have survived. Oh, Known neat. occasions where people survive falls without a parachute. The highest being Vesna Volvic, 1972, fell 33,330 feet. Could you repeat that distance again? That's 30,000 feet. That's, you know, air. air yeah, liner, yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Wow. Survived. Yeah. That's insane. And so, all, all the people on this oh, site have, survived. Yeah. So they have a talk about this saying, although the names and altitudes are correct, the quote, no parachute titles misleading since half of the people listed here had parachutes, but they either failed or didn't open. In addition, the list is a mix of true free fallers uh, plus wreckage riders. So Volvic is a wreckage rider, apparently. I mean, with the 30,000 feet, that's an airliner. Obviously, that's the only way you're going to get up that high because skydivers don't get up that high. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's see if I can find his story. What's you the know, one? the bad thing is you're reading this, and I'm still stuck on uh, Monkey Canyon. Okay. And wondering if it's a Bigfoot thing. So. Vanessa Volvic was a stewardess on a Yugoslav DC-9 jet airliner that blew up in January of 1972. Oh, shit. Probably as a result of a terrorist bomb. There was a lot of that in the 70s. Yeah, she fell more than 33,000 feet in the wreckage of the plane, which hit a... Wow. I did not expect this. I thought it'd be like, you know, uh, ocean or something. Uh-huh. No. Snow-covered slope. That's some Indiana Jones shit right there. Well, so, okay, so the only survivor, she was badly injured and was paralyzed from the waist down, but later recovered and now can walk. Holy shit. Yeah, no kidding. So That's amazing. God, that's, that's man, you know, I, I'm not saying, you know, if you fall out of an airplane you're gonna make it but like at least there's a chance yeah no i mean there weirder things have happened like when one of them uh mentioned earlier i didn't see but like a story of like someone is like an explosion was thrown you know thousands of feet into the air and landed and survived oh yeah you know that kind of stuff it happens it's it's never it's never you know so I guess the, the the moral of the story is if you've fallen out of an airplane and you have a gun, don't, like, shoot yourself because maybe you'll survive. Yeah. Wow, um, that's... <clears throat> I mean, I don't know what to say to that. That's pretty yeah. damn incredible. Just, yeah, okay, de definitely don't shoot yourself if you come out of the plane. But here, I'll uh, paste it again in the... Uh, Weekend Weird Talk, so you can have it fresh to cool link for the peoples if they want to check it out. It's just it's also how uh, like old school it is. Oh, the um, website, just, yeah, the website. It, it's just you know. Oh wow, yeah, no, I love the graphic. This is all just like blue and black text, like old school. 
Oh yeah, I try to have a dark theme on. That's why. Ooh, oh, that's very bright. Neat. I like it. You know, I'm. Yeah. You know me. I'm all about some old school looking websites. Like, uh, I found Neo Cities this week. I'm gonna be making a landing page for my comics and the podcast. And uh, I'm going to do it in the style of an old school, like, 90s website, which means I'm going to use the bare minimum of HTML knowledge I can remember. <laughs> so, and I've made, like, very nice graphics and then run them through mosaics so they look like they're 30 years old. So, that'll be fun. Anyway, um, I got one more story, Mike. Okay. And uh, it's from Monday, November 27th, 2023. com. Oh, boy. Pulse of the Paranormal. I love these. I wish David was here for this because he hates them so much. Yeah. But uh, I chose this one specifically because of the title. And, of course, as usual, I have not vetted this story nor read past the title at all. Hmm. Because it's more fun that way. Witness describes two hairy upright cryptids encountered in Texas and Mississippi. All right. <clears throat> Let me. Once we do the quotes, you know, I got to do the voice. Yeah. A reader describes at least two encounters with hairy upright cryptids, one in west central Texas and the other nearer to home in Mississippi. Could these have been cryptid canines and or Bigfoot? Wait, and or. Andor, like, I know, like a, a dog man and a Bigfoot. Yes, at the same time, Dogfoot man, Dogfoot. It's Dogfoot. All right, so, hey, Lon, I saw your post in the Anomalous Universe Facebook group about cryptid dog man. That led me to the website and the encounters posted. The one from Mississippi is what prompted this email. Anyway, I have a few things. The first, I'm not told a soul about. When I was a kid, probably eight or so, my brother and our parents traveled from Mississippi to California. My aunt and uncle came too. Us in a car and them in an RV. We stopped somewhere in west central Texas for the night and all slept in the RV. Sometime in the middle of the night, everyone was sleeping. You ever notice all the ones I get from this site, everybody was sleeping when something happened? Oh yeah, you gotta sleep. Hypnagogic. Everyone was sleeping, and I woke up feeling strange. Probably had to poop. Probably. I sat up and looked out the window and saw, I really don't know what I saw, what appeared to be men walking on two feet, but they had fur and almost looked like wolves. As a late teen, I lived in Lincoln County, Mississippi. Mike, what's in Lincoln County? I don't know. I've never been there. Can you look it up while I read this? Sure. Just some towns there so I have a general idea? Yeah. Yeah, and where it's at in Mississippi. I lived in Lincoln County, Mississippi. I went to a friend's for the weekend who lived way out of town, down a gravel road with two houses and an old still that belonged to my friend's family. So, of course, around midnight, we snuck out and walked to the still about half a mile away. Kevin? Yeah? Brookhaven. Oh, shit! Yeah, Brookhaven. That's north of us, right? No, it's south. South of us, right. Bochitta. Bochitta? Damn, that's where y'all went tubing, isn't it? Yep. Okay. Uh, so they snuck out to the 
still half a mile away. Now, we were scared we would get caught, so we did not stay long at all. Definitely not long enough to for alcohol to cloud our judgment. I, I, now, thank um, you for admitting you were drinking from a fucking still. They're drinking from a still out in bumfuck Mississippi. And I live in Mississippi. I can tell you, this is bumfuck Mississippi. This is the fuckest of bums. There's, there's, there, there might have been, been some bum fucking going on or not. I don't know. Right, no judgment. No judgment. But, but it's the country. If, if they were, they, he admits they were drinking from the still, you know, that stuff takes hold pretty quick. And that's, that's straight from the still. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know when the blindness sets in, but the, <laughs> the, the drunkenness gets you in about yeah. you know, 15 minutes. Yeah. So, on the way back, we got maybe 20 yards from her driveway. One side of the road was heavily wooden. The other side, scattered trees and high grass. We heard something moving in the grass and almost simultaneously stopped and turned in that direction. Next was a growl that scared me worse than I'd ever been and have not felt again to this day. We both took off running, not daring to look back because we could hear it. We made it inside and never said a word to each other till the next day. We just sat staring at each other. So you didn't see it. No. You just, you heard something. Sure. Just something in the grass. Could have been a dog. My brother-in-law and his wife live next door to us. There's probably 200 yards between our houses and a slim wood line that we cleared a small trail through to go back and forth. At the time, my son, at the time, my son was 10. He and I rode over there on the four-wheeler for something and returned home shortly after. I pulled into the carport at the back of the house, and my son hopped off the bike first and said, Mom, what is that? Pointing toward the woods, wood line we had just come through. When I turned, there was something very tall with hair over its entire body walking that wood line. It moved kind of slow and very smooth. I remember... Smooth operator... I remember thinking it looked almost like it was floating to move. It moved so smoothly, but it was walking. I could clearly see it. We got my brother-in-law and all of us drove to the drove to the back of the property, property, but found nothing. This one didn't scare me as much as the others. It it more amazed me because it was like I knew it. Not many believe me, but I still tell the story. I realized about halfway through I had misgendered this person. Yeah. But that's okay. The voice works. And uh, at least that last when there was a sighting. Ma, get down off that dang roof. And then everybody ran to the back of the property. I noticed they didn't say armed. No. I'm taking it as a foregone conclusion. It is bumfuck Mississippi. And if they could shoot it either A... Big money. B, good eating. C, fun story to tell. Shot at a Bigfoot, <clears throat> killed our neighbor. Which I, I always worry about Bigfoot stories from the South like this. It's like, yeah, okay, Bigfoot, or are you a racist? <laughs> and this is, you just, that's a code word for something. Oh, I didn't even thought of that angle, damn. Yeah. So, I, uh, I'm just gonna pretend they thought they saw a Bigfoot and feel better about it. I mean, 
uh, you, you're shoot out there. Yeah, you're sh- the police come because there was a call about gunshots. Like, we thought you? it was a Bigfoot. We we saw this some something walking across the road. You were shooting at a person. No, nah, it was Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I uh, I don't know. I do love the the fact that the second when they were drunk and running from noises. I mean, you can't fucking beat it. Yeah. Oh wow, there was a link to a uh, book on that article on Amazon. Yeah. Uh Kindle version of this book is nine ninety nine. It is called Thieves in the Night, a brief history of supernatural child abductions. <laughs> and that cover has it's a combination between a gray and a fae. With Great. a kid come and it's coming into this room in a in a brightly lit door with a, a infant in a cradle standing on its le- uh, you know, standing up looking at it. And the gray fae. Gray Fay, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bookmark that one actually because I kind of want to check that one out. It looks like it might be fun. Uh, so yeah, if you ever want to check out that website and find your own crazy ass stories, that's phantomsandmonsters.com, and uh, it's updated real regularly. All users submitted, most of it kind of dumb, but still. Oh God. Hmm. Uh, I just went to the main page just today. Baby and stroller morphs into black-eyed reptilian. And it has got an amazing picture of... I'm going to guess this is AI-generated uh, repto baby. Just if you, Mike, if you go to phantomsandmonsters.com, you'll get a good look at it. So... Uh, that's that's my last story for the night. After that, we've got questions. Mike, have you got another story or a website or anything? No, I have one other story, but I want to save it for when David's back because I think it would be a good discussion thing. Oh, so fungus then. No. <laughs> okay, well, we'll save that one. Uh, let me hop over to the questions. Hang on, Google is sitting here going, hey, are you talking to me? No, no, I'm not stupid okay, that, phone. That is like, that's a caterpillar or something. What, the Repto baby? Yeah. Eh, I think it's just a baby with some photoshoppery. It looks like it picked well, a someone, low-headed kid. Someone photoshopped like that, the top thing with like the little white bumps. And so that's that's a caterpillar. They, it kind of photo- looks like that, they, but it's supposed to be horns. They did one of those things where they blend like, you know, some texture. So that's that's caterpillar. That's totally a caterpillar. I'll take your word for it, but I still think it's I've just some photoshoppery. I've, I've seen that caterpillar before. Okay. Ugh, I'm going to take your word for it. I, I feel like it's just supposed to be uh, horns. Now, let me see. Let's head over to... We uh, we did a call out a couple of times for questions for the show, and we fell behind because we haven't done a show since episode 100 for various reasons. So those, yeah, like, And we took a holiday week off. Yeah, we took a week off, and then other stuff happened, and so... And then further stuff, stuff happened. happened. Yes. So, let's do some <clears throat> questions, and I'm going to modify this one from Man in Black. The first one's from Man in Black, so, hello, Eric. Good to see you. Thanks for listening. Uh, question is, Thanksgiving, I'm going to say Thanksgiving holidays, you know, Christmas mm-hmm. included, and what cryptid, alien, or ghost do you invite, and what do they bring? 
So, so you're you're. You can invite a cryptid, an alien, or a ghost for for what, for a holiday a holiday meal thing. Yeah. So, it so can you, be any cryptid, any alien, or any ghost. So you want them to be well mannered. Yeah, yeah, and they um, they they have to bring something. It's like a potluck. Um, jeez. I don't know. Do you have an answer? Because I really can't think of anything. Well, you know, I got to thinking about a few, and I think I'd ask, um, I th- I think I'd ask Bigfoot, because I think Bigfoot would bring, like, your typical green bean casserole, and I can deal with that, and Bigfoot's the closest to being human. You know, okay. he's a big guy. Probably be fun, real gregarious at the party afterwards or before. And, uh, you know, also you wouldn't have that many leftovers because uh, they're big. He'd eat. Well, counterpoint, I think he'd bring nothing but like a, a wild greens salad. Well, that's fine. He can do that. And if we don't eat it, that's fine. And, and he'd but... probably smell bad. Oh, definitely. There's a reason they're called skunk apes. Yeah. Um, so given that, you, you got anything? Um, bring a, uh, a Nordic as my plus one to make people jealous. Ooh, what does he bring us bring to the potluck? Um, I don't know. Fondue. Ooh, that's, that's a hell of a setup, but well, you know, Nordic, they're spirit. So. They're also, yeah, they are space hippies. So it would be a fondue. Um, I have a feeling like if you invited, I don't know, almost said they bring some basic bitch shit like macaroni. Yeah. Like a Nordic would. But you said the fondue, and I'm like, no, I could see that. Or maybe like some Ikea meatballs. Ooh, I could deal with that, man. Bring it. Uh, My first comedy answer, I was thinking, well, the mantis cup. Can you just sit in the corner and watch? You know, here's the thing. If I invited a reptilian, I'm almost 100% positive he'd bring deviled eggs. <laughs> I don't know why. Yes, I have brought the eggs of Satan. <laughs> but, okay, look, that's a good question, but let's talk for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll name off some cryptid alien ghost things. You tell me what they bring. Okay. A gray. Um, strawberry ice cream. Oh, yeah, God, didn't even think about that. Uh, all right, we did, we did Bigfoot, we did the Nordics, uh, did a reptilian. Uh, Flatwoods Monster, you know, the poo gas. Nothing, because they're a jerk. Ooh, wow. I don't know that he'd be that big of a jerk. I think the tall whites would be an asshole and not bring anything, but, uh, I feel like he'd bring, like, you know that uh, sweet potato casserole with the shitty miniature marshmallows in it? Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Okay. He looks like one of those shitty miniature marshmallow things. Mm-hmm. Um, how about... You know, for David, how about the Hopkinsville Goblins? Um... Those 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 little uh, cookies that are covered in powdered sugar and taste kind of like almondy. Okay. Oh 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 the Nord the Norse 
Dansk cookies? No, those are the ones in the tin. Oh. The Royal Dansk. No, I'm talking about like just the the what the wedding cookies or whatever they're called. I forget what they're called. My family, there were all, we had those a lot at gatherings on my mom's side of the family. Oh, okay. So I don't think thing. I ever had those. So. Yeah. They're they're pretty good. Let's see if I can find some at the store. I think I've okay. seen them at the store. And that's what you think the Kentucky Goblins would bring. Yeah. See, I would have thought like unopened cans of like beets or something. But that's they're, fine. They're from Kentucky. Maybe maybe Ambrosia. What's Ambrosia? Uh, it's some crappy fruit salad I never liked. Oh, Ambro. Okay. Is that the stuff with like the mayonnaise? I and marshmallows. I don't think it's mayonnaise. I think it's. I think it's like whipped cream and stuff. It's desserty. It's not mayonnaise. Well, I've seen some desserts no. with mayonnaise, and it's awful. But I don't think this is mayonnaise. Okay. I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's Cool Whip and like different kinds of fruit and yeah like stuff. Well, in a reference to one of my former co-hosts from the other podcast that used to be on Cast Boodle, uh, which asshole just brings a box of uncooked macaroni? Um. Um, who do you think? Hmm. I'm going to say spring Jack. It would definitely have to be someone that's a bachelor. They're not, they're yeah. Not cooking. Yeah. I didn't have time to cook. <laughs> what would the Mothman bring? Candles. Not cans of beans. Actually, that's a very good point. Damn, Mike, you're on point tonight. <laughs> Definitely the beans. Beans for the moth god. So, well, thank you for that question, uh, Eric. That was that was great. Uh, Kickastron has a question, which, uh, howdy. So, uh, his question is, should the church employ more giant spiders to rid themselves of priests doing bad shit with kids? like this one in Poland did hundreds of years ago. And I read this article. It's from Atlas Obscura. There's a legend of a uh, giant spider lives in a church uh, right over the priest's table and would, uh, you know, come down on its thread when it was small and would, like, drip venom into the food and it slowly killed the priest. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger until they found it and killed it and then hung it up on the church. Uh, until uh, World War One. Okay. In Warsaw. <clears throat> so um, it's just a weird thing. And uh, Ghost Forge after that was like, "Is this? Has this got to do with the South Park episode?" And uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know uh, if they should employ that. I think they should more employ cutting off their hands. Just their hands? Why not the uh, the offending appendage? Okay, that's fair, but but it's no, real it, hard to take a boy's pants off with no hands. No, you know, true, but you know, just make them you know castrati. Oh wow! Have to do that early though. Well, you know, you're never too late to learn to sing. Okay. But no, um, sure, why not, you know? Giant spider dropping from the ceiling, killing a priest. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it is more interesting than punishment. It seems more like divine retribution. So I could get behind that. 
Just, just problem is you'd, you'd have to get a giant spider and then you have to trust that it knows, you know, right from wrong. Oh, well, sure. Sure. Like, like what if the spider makes a mistake? Then you're st- just going to start questioning its uh, judgment. Well, you know, they everything that happens uh, with a lot of people, uh, it's God's will. He must have done something wrong. So whatever the spider does is God's will. So, oh, yeah. Obviously, if it killed them, they were evil. So. God, I hate that logic. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got one more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put out a call. And we got one from Ghostforge. Mm-hmm. which is great because we didn't have one at first. His question is, what are the host's favorite varieties of fictional magic and why? And I think you and me both have the same one. So, yeah, I mean, we're both going to agree on Wheel of Time. Yes, the one power is by far my favorite magic system. I Because mean, it, it's learnable. Well, I... Well, not really. Well, it is if you... if you, Some people can learn. Some people, but some not people. everybody. Yeah. But no, some people can. I mean, I don't know. I I have a. I really like Brandon Sanderson's magic systems because which he, one though is your favorite? Is it the Alamancy? I I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just like the way he makes his magic systems because he there's a logic to it. Yeah, he he basically kind of gamifies that gamifies it and comes up with rules. Oh yeah, which is why I'm still kind of pissed off the Mistborn game never came out. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're just, you know, they're all different and interesting. So yeah, Alamancy's cool, but, uh, you haven't read, uh, you haven't, have you read any of the, uh, way of Kings? Yeah. I've read some Stormlight. Okay. So that this, the one in there is really weird about all the like transmogrification of things and stuff. Yeah. I was thinking about that's like, uh, they were doing the weird, gra- like the, the one dude with the gravity he is like lashing himself yeah. to the walls and stuff. That was really cool. Well, yeah, that, that's the uh, the oh, what are they called? Because I read the first book years ago, and I start. I yeah. keep trying to read the second one, and I'm like, I probably need to go back and reread the first one. Yeah, that's the uh, I can't remember what they're called. There's there's a term for them, but there's all there's that, and then there's also the other thing where they can uh, use stormlight and basically convince like rock surge, to become yes yeah, surge binding well yeah that's that's every but each of the uh yeah but that's the gravity thing yeah but there's no what the what the people are called the i don't remember now it's been so long and you really need to go back and read some more of that but uh well actually i caught up so there's not much more until a new book comes out but the the people that use that, there's that's just one school of it. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just like, the, and there's the stuff Yesna uh, can do. Yeah. And... But I, I was to also talking about the ones that's done with uh, the fabrils. The fabrils. The, the, the kind of jewelry things that, like, I think they're worn on the on the hand, but where they. They're basically just magicking like food out of rocks. Oh right, Tra- yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically alchemy kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay, I forgot about that. It's been a long time since I read that. But but in later books, when you uh, when they go into the other realm, you know, when they meet basically 
the spirits of things. It turns out it's it basically just boils down the to spren. Yeah, you're you're convincing a rock to turn into some grain. You better be a damn good talker. Yes. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you rather be grain? No, not really. I'm a rock. Yeah. Well, come on, just be a grain. Be grain. You might be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I mean, that's all fun, but like, you know, I'll always have a place for the Wheel of Time and the whole... Oh, yeah. Like, I was fascinated by when I first started reading about the male half of the true source being tainted and all that. I was like, wow, that's... Half of your magic system is cursed. Yeah. Well, it was also the first time, the first real, like, magic system, like, before anything else I'd read before that, it was just kind of like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, you know, wizards. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, they just did magic. It didn't really say how they did it or, in fact, the first book of Wheel of Time didn't really go into it much, but then later ones did about how the system worked. Yeah, no, the further you get into it, the more interesting it gets, I think. But... Harry Potter waves his wand and says some words and something happens. Yes. Yeah. Poop shittier. Yeah. Yes. I've never been a fan of uh, Harry Potter's magic system or Harry Potter, honestly. Yeah. It's like I shouldn't read books that make me want to punch children. Oh, I didn't mind. I read all the Harry Potter and watched all the movies and it was fine. It wasn't that mm. bad. Kevin's just a miserable sod. It's not that. I just don't like him. Just a miserable side. I like lots of things, but not that. We're, they're not bad books, even though J.K. Rowling's a bad person. Yes, probably. she is. But uh, but thanks <clears> for the <throat> question, uh, Ghost Forge. We we obviously had some thoughts thoughts on the next weekend. Weird when we get David back, uh, we will ask him that question because I would love to hear his thoughts on that one. So. Um, now that's all the questions we've got. I am going to say that we had, I was going to try to do X (laughs) and I went into X and I found a thread and I was like, all right, maybe this will be funny. I go in and the very first fucking reply was, uh, who boy, wow, 4chan is a fucking cesspool. It was, it was both racist and homophobic. Yeah, if if that if that clues you into the term used, uh, uh, they they've called in in one in one slur. It was both racist and homophobic. It's something they used to call i dubs. Really, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, because he used to say that on his show back before he matured and realized it was a terrible idea. Mm. And people would write in calling him that, and it was bad. So anyway, uh, yeah, we don't have an, have X this week because I do not have the mental fortitude to go through like David does. Um, but before we do close, there's one thing I want to talk about. Uh, the making of the show. I'm going to talk a little bit about how the sausage is made. So, Mike, you're fully aware of the sheer number of books I've read trying to get topics for this show. Yeah. Thanks to our shared Amazon Prime account. Um, so sometimes I'll find a concept that sounds really fascinating and there'll be like a whole book on it. And I'll start reading that book. And it'll be like a two or three hundred page book. And 
150 pages in, I'll realize this is a lot of uh, samey stuff. Like, this one in particular, I know Henry Zabrowski from last podcast was reading this book, which is what turned me on to it. I was like, hey, I'll give this a check. It's called Dark Matter Monsters. And the theory is that all cryptids and UFOs and shit are made of exotic matter that doesn't, you know, obey normal physical laws and, you know, they can teleport and go invisible and crazy shit like that because dark matter. Yes. And uh, I was like, okay, well, let's see what you got. And it's several hundred pages of just restating that fact over and over again and saying this Bigfoot sighting happened and they couldn't find him because dark matter. I was like, I was like, I cannot do an hour to an hour and a half on this. Yeah. So I want everyone to remember when, when y'all say I don't do the reading, it's not y'all there's well, when some people say I don't do the reading, I do the reading. Oh, do I do the reading? And he pays for it with his mental... I have... Like, it's like reading Mythos tomes in Call of Cthulhu. My sanity gets lower, and it's harder to pass the sanity checks the more I read. So, anyway, I just wanted to share that, particularly the Dark Matter Monsters thing, because I've tried multiple times to read this thing, and I get about halfway through, and I'm like, there's no episode here. What am I doing? So, anyway, that is it for this week that's a full hour of content mike hell yeah yeah can't wait for david to come back though so just so he's got some stories that way it's not all on us yes yeah mule get to work david we miss you bud we'll see you when you get back so uh we will be back next week i do have a topic i'm gonna do some research on and get an episode together for next week and it should be a lot of pain honestly i was gonna say fun and i remembered wait no no not this topic not fun the other thing this pain yes pain so uh thank you everyone for yeah what's in the box pain yes yes i want to thank everyone for listening uh and I'm, i'm i'm hoping everyone enjoyed episode 100 when it came out we had a lot of fun doing that when it was fun to record research was certainly an experience (laughs) and uh we hope you will keep listening and uh don't forget to head over to supernatpod.rocks that is where you can find information about the show links to our discord our patreon and our store uh you can also find the contact form for getting in touch with us we still have uh spots open for advertising if you're interested is two dollars an episode per spot So feel free to contact us. Uh, We will help you come up with that ad. So thank you again, everyone, for listening. We will see you next time for some more weird shit. So until then, stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye. You never talk about what the chupacabra would bring. Yams. Yams? Not like just a dead carcass. Yeah, actually, he would just drag a fucking dead goat through. Yep. Gross. Mmm. Sick. <laughs> <laughs>